Hello, it's July 31st, 2019. This is Future Vision. Thanks for listening. Today, we'll see how ready our laws are for self-driving cars. Facebook wants to read your mind. And what are we going to do with all our trash? The skylines to some of our largest cities may be about to change. Architects and engineers are leading the call to ban all-glass skyscrapers, saying the energy used to cool them is wasteful. Glass-fronted office buildings became popular due to some amazing views they offer, as well as the amount of natural light they let in. However, all that sunlight also brings heat, and in sealed buildings, there is nowhere for it to escape naturally, which, as we all should know by now, creates the greenhouse effect. Air conditioning has traditionally been used to keep these offices cool in the warm months, but according to Simon Sturgis, chairman of the Royal Institute of British Architects Sustainability Group, if you're using standard glass facades, you need a lot of energy to cool them down, and using a lot of energy equates to a lot of carbon emissions. The International Energy Agency estimates that about 40% of global carbon dioxide emissions come from constructing, heating, cooling, and demolishing buildings. Air conditioning is a growing proportion of this. Energy used on cooling has doubled since 2000 and accounts for about 14% of all energy use now. The new version of the London Plan, the rules for all development in Greater London, which is due to take effect next spring, will require construction firms to make an assessment of a building's energy use across its whole life cycle. Sturgis hopes that investors will react more quickly, saying big commercial tenants don't like standing up in front of their shareholders and saying they're doing embarrassing things. No one wants to be treated as Mr. Climate Dirty Building, and I think this is going to start happening. New York has already started to take action on this problem. In April, Mayor Bill D. Blasio said he would ban all glass buildings and force developers to retrofit existing buildings to make them more energy efficient. A Facebook-backed team of neuroscientists have decoded brain speech signals into written text. In a research project aimed at transforming how patients with severe disabilities communicate, doctors from the University of California in San Francisco have turned the brain signals for speech into written sentences. To date, according to Edward Chang, lead researcher on the study published in the journal Nature, there is no speech prosthetic system that allows users to have interactions on the rapid timescale of a human conversation. However, Chang's breakthrough was able to demonstrate how the intention to say specific words can be extracted from brain activity and converted into text rapidly enough to keep pace with natural conversation. 
The electrodes recorded the brain activity of the group as they were asked a set of nine questions and asked to read a list of a potential 24 responses. Chang and his team then built computer models that learned to match particular patterns of brain activity to the questions the patients heard and the answers they spoke. Once trained, the software could identify almost instantly and from brain signals alone what question a patient heard and what response they gave, with an accuracy of 76% and 61% respectively. The project is still in its very early stages and there are still a whole bunch of challenges the team needs to work on, like improving the software so it can translate brain signals into more varied speech on the fly, which will require algorithms trained on a huge amount of spoken language and corresponding brain signal data, but with Facebook's deep pockets backing them, you may someday be able to update your status at the speed of thought. It looks like lawmakers may finally be ready to begin talking about the rise of automated cars, but are they too late? We'll talk about that in a moment, but first, it's no secret that we have a trash problem. Not only do landfills take up a lot of valuable space, but when all those black bags full of garbage start to break down, they become a major source of methane, a greenhouse gas that's as much as 86 times as potent as CO2. Startup company Sierra Energy hopes to eliminate that pollution by using their new blast furnace, which heats up to 4,000 degrees and vaporizes the trash. When the garbage is heated to such extreme temperatures, twice as hot as the core of a volcano, everything breaks down to a molecular level. They then add steam to the furnace, creating carbon monoxide and hydrogen, that gas is then captured for reuse in creating a variety of products like plastic, fertilizer, and jet fuel, things that are traditionally made from fossil fuels. The captured hydrogen can also power vehicles without emissions. The gas can be used to produce electricity through fuel cells, gas turbines, and other equipment. Sierra Energy recently raised a $33 million Series A investment round, led by a venture team that includes investors like Bill Gates, Richard Branson, and Jeff Bezos. Have you heard that Japan has just landed a probe on an asteroid? We're working on that for Friday's episode of Future Vision, but now it's time for... Baby, you can't drive my car. Well, there's no steering wheel. So is it like a joystick or like a turning wheel for steering? You just tell it where to go. Oh, I speak into the steering wheel. 
This is Baby, You Can't Drive My Car, where we follow the roadmap towards full self-driving cars. It looks like the United States Congress is getting ready to take another shot at passing a new set of rules for self-driving cars. After the failure of legislation last year, Republican Senator John Thune, who chairs the Commerce Committee, said it is a problem if Congress does not act in 2019. The technology is just going to keep going. We'll have to start this up again. And now there is a bipartisan contingent in both the Senate and the House who have held multiple meetings in the past few weeks trying to figure out a deal. This legislation would have the power to determine what these vehicles look like in the future, allowing for automakers to manufacture vehicles without steering wheels, gas, and or brake pedals, so long as the Department of Transportation exempts them from the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards, or the FMVSS. New laws may not even be necessary, though. The U.S. Department of Transportation is in the midst of regulatory changes that would permit the sale of autonomous vehicles that don't meet the current FMVSS. Paving the way for companies like Alphabet's Wymo, Ford, and General Motors to release hundreds of thousands of fully automated vehicles onto the public roads. To me, though, while I think any conversation about automated vehicles is good to hear, it feels like these regulatory attempts are looking too far down the road, you know? using the timeline of car companies nowhere close to producing a full self-driving model. Instead of one that already has a half million, a half million FSD capable cars on the road today. If you've listened to Future Vision before, firstly, thank you. Secondly, you'll know that I'm talking about Tesla and I'm pretty optimistic they'll hit this goal announced by CEO Elon Musk. So what we're going to do this year uh, is we're going to reach uh, combined production of 10,000 a week between SX and 3. feel very confident about that. Uh, and we feel very confident about being future complete with self-driving. Next year, we'll expand the product line with Model Y and Semi. Uh, and we expect to have the first operating robo-taxis next year. Not in, all not in all jurisdictions, because we won't have regulatory approval everywhere, but I, I, I'm confident we'll have at least regulatory approval somewhere literally next year. One place that does seem truly ready for robo-drivers is Ontario, Canada. Transportation Minister Jeff Urich recently announced that members of the public will be able to drive Level 3 conditionally automated vehicles, meaning the computer would be doing basically all the driving from curb to curb, but a human must be ready to take control of the vehicle at all times, which is essentially what Musk is proposing. So who knows? Maybe this time next year, Ontario will be the self-driving capital of the world. That's it for today's show. We'll catch you on Friday. Thanks for listening. <laughs>